Welcome to Barely on Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast. I'm VA, your host, and today we have a panel of Boston Bruins fans to talk about, well, your Boston Bruins. Today we have the rock doctor, Jeff. Hi. Timmy, the pantsless wonder. Hello. Nick, producer extraordinaire. Good afternoon. Anthony, the printmaster. Good afternoon, everyone. And Kate, our Pacific correspondent. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Morning. What are you talking about? Zero All right. Time zones. <laughs> Technology is wonderful. It is. It brings us all together. Mm-hmm. How else would we have ever met? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, obviously we're here to talk about Boston Bruins, not how we all met, because, well, that's probably a little less interesting it's not going to get us through a podcast but you know so we are a month into the Bruins 2015-2016 campaign uh how is everything going Nick yes I would say it's uh 500 500 going okay which is not really where you want to be um because if you're 500 now the thought is well you're probably gonna be 500 later um, but no, it, so it's it's meh, it's average at best. I, I'm not, but I'm not pleased. I want our Bruins to be better. Uh, it's the penalty kill that's the most alarming to me. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially since we had uh, Chris Kelly go down, and he was a major penalty killer. Mm-hmm. And after last night's game, that penalty kill still looks awful. <laughs> looks especially. Yeah. Since we lost to the Habs again. We went from uh, really bad to even worse on the penalty kill. You got any thoughts on that, Anthony? I'd actually just like to take full responsibility for that Montreal loss last night. <laughs> I went out with a couple of friends. From Montreal? Like, oh. Yeah, from Montreal. Oh. And uh, as I was headed home, I turned the game on the radio, and then it was tying goal, penalty, game winner. And then I got home. <laughs> oh. Well, I don't know, because all the good things were happening when uh, Robin and I were like driving around aimlessly. And then finally, when we got home, the Bruins kind of fell apart, too. So it could be my fault, too. You know, I just want to say that. <laughs> well, thank you. Take zero blame. <laughs> Tim, no, no blame from you. No blame. Take zero blame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not responsible for this one either. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Well, um, I did kind of use all my good karma finally seeing the home junior team actually win um, <laughs> while I was there because that's never happened in like 25 games with multiple teams. So, dang. Yeah, the Hawks, that's probably, you know, they give it, they take it away. Yeah. Putting it on a junior team. What kind of Boston Bruins fan are you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think the, the, the hockey gods let me choose when I use my, my hockey karma um, because they're, 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 they're cruel and uh, unjust. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, we, had, we were beating them in Montreal. We won a coach's challenge, and then it just fell apart. I don't understand. It was just like, oh, so you it's, know. It's Claude's fault. so well. And then it just all had to. That's so Bruins, guys, you know. <laughs> well, no, no. Can we just talk about David Krejci? Third star. <laughs> NHL third star for October. Mm-hmm. And his six penalty minutes last night. 
six. He which must is, have been on meth or something. <laughs> I heard that bandied about, but um, PCP might be more. Mm. <laughs> I was, uh, was thinking maybe, maybe, um, uh, you know, uh, Lucic, when he left, uh, you know, politely asked Krejci to, you know, uh, um, be the unmitigated asshole on his behalf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Toughen I'm up. He didn't see you. I'm surprised he didn't see him uh, bag anyone with his stick, really. Oh, hmm. God. <laughs> Well, there was cross-checking. Yeah, that was that was the the, the real thing that that uh, killed the Bruins last night was the <sighs> the final cross-check against uh, Thomas Planatic Planatic Turtlenecks. Yeah, I know. I always have this like vision of how his name is said, and I I usually say it about three or four times correctly. But this time, I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to say your name correctly. You're stupid, have. So anyway, oh. but anyway, so. You know, originally when we were talking about this, we were talking about, wow, what makes Krejci so good? You know, and today I think we're a little bit on a downer, but maybe we can talk about how Krejci is good yeah. sometimes, most <laughs> of the time. Like, when he's I not will... losing his shit, he is fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things about Krejci's game that I find um, kind of hard to kind of figure out how he does things like I, I watch Bergie and I understand um, most of what he's doing. But but Krejci just kind of like out of nowhere just seems to like kind of come in and just take a shot or actually is the assist master. So anybody want to add anything to that? Nick? Yeah. Oh, well, we've actually seen Krejci dominate before um, the two times we went to the playoffs. Uh, well, to the Stanley Cup finals. So I don't know. Every time he does this, we we act so surprised. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think he's also has a very very underrated shot. I mean, some of those things he he, he can he can snipe. I mean, it's not as good as his passing ability, but uh, the guy's talented. Very underrated, I think, defensively too, which is probably why we really missed missed him last night. Especially with missing Kelly, you're missing your second uh, best defensive pl- uh, defensive forward because he's in the box. That hurts. Yeah, but what I do wonder is um, cause we haven't seen this in regular season from before. Like, this ever, is true. Right? This is true. I, 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 yeah. I wonder what motivates him. You know, like I'm curious. Like I'm not thinking he's not motivated other times, but like something's something's got a guy fire going in him right now. Like a couple of years. Um, um. So obviously somehow he's becoming um a playoff crazy red now, which is fantastic. Love it. Um. So is he trying to work harder to look like and find sort of that trope of, you know, a guy with a big contract the next season's like Well she was dragging looks around with diminishing returns for years, right? Like progressively less and less results for it. <laughs> uh, no no no. I, I wanted to point out that um it did often look like Luch was just not um on the same planet as as Krejci when he was skating around. I, it was very frustrating to watch Luchich play with Krejci and Krejci would get dragged down by that. Um, I think from what uh, comments I've heard from Krejci this year, it's like, I think he's stepping up the leadership thing, mm-hmm. um, which is really more of an intangible thing. It's not something that we can kind of go, Oh, well, obviously that guy's going to be better, but I think he's trying to put his play where his mouth is mm-hmm. uh, in some ways. But um, you know, it also could be, he's playing with Pasternak. Well, not right now, but uh, who's young. Uh, and he kind of wants to get him uh, uh, to to rise to his potential. And uh, so he's got to be more of a leader right. on that line than maybe in the past. What do you think right. about it, Tim? 
honestly, I just think that he's, I think overall throughout his career, his playmaking ability has been underrated. And I just think he's just doing it now. He has people that can kind of, he's playing with people that can finish. That's helping a lot with his assist totals. Like Jeff was saying about with Lucic, I mean, Lucic, the only time he was ever scoring was empty net goals. And at that point, you're just like, okay, cool. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think he's finally playing to like his ability. I think I'm maybe, maybe he wasn't in the regular season before. And in the playoffs, we saw what he could do. I just think overall his playmaking ability has been underrated and we're finally seeing like it all come together, kind of. Yeah, I mean, um, how old is Krejci? Anybody have a, an 29? idea? 29? Yeah, um, so it, it just might be just like finally coming into his own. Uh, he's probably been in the league for – oh, Nick's got something. Oh. Sorry. Well, do you, it's actually, if you look at the Bruins, I mean, everyone's scoring right now. Everyone. Do you think it could be a claw maybe just, you know, loosening the reins just tell him to eh, just, just shoot and score more often? He, he's, he's unleashed the creature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. Uh, no, no, seriously, they, they are more shooty yeah. um, than, uh, than like, hey, defensive responsibility for everyone, which is it's really nice. I think defensive responsibility for the people who can really handle it, that's great. But, uh, you know, telling... You know, honestly, telling uh, um, Ryan Spooner and uh, David Pasternak to be defensively responsible right now at their kind of young ages is, I, I know you want to do it, but um, that's not really their forte. Maybe mm-hmm. just loosening up a little bit is is a better thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that could have helped with Sagan a little bit, too, when he was here. Just letting him do his thing. Maybe that's kind of the key. Let them do their thing. Let them do what they do. And you're kind. Of, maybe that's what's happening. Is just letting them do what they do. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, it's a very interesting point. Um, you know, to make that. Uh, you know, because obviously the the thing about Sagan is that we always talk about how we should never have traded him away and stuff. And I don't want to get into that. That's it's just way over discussed. But I think the idea of like maybe learning from the mistake. Yeah. And going some people that we have now. Um, they they have more ability than than you know being defensively responsible. So let's just let them play with the puck and get it in the net. Jeff. But there's some um, on the flip side of that is that you look at Spooner off of the power play. He um, he's been kind of a disaster. Yeah. Um, at five on five, uh, you look no, at people. You know, you, you look at guys who are you know you know you know you know Tom Servo for example is is the president of the Spooner fan club for years, right? Even he on Twitter now starts ranting about how like astonishingly bad he is from the possession game. I know we're not here to talk fancy stats, so that's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> well, I can tell you, he, um, Spooner, for whatever reason, despite his amazing skating ability, he could uh, not get the puck out of his own zone, which I just find to be so bizarre. Someone who's that good at skating and really that good of a passer in the offensive zone, you think that, well, that would probably work defensively too. Um, I don't know if it's a line combination or what, but that line can, it, it, like, if they're not in the uh, offensive zone past their blue line, it's they're, they're, it's kind of pointless to throw them out there. Like, I don't have their, their zone starts in front of me, but it must be... Club maybe needs to even skew their zone starts even more than perhaps, you know? Well, um, it, which is, I, I want to say yes, but then you only have, what, two lines that can play defensively? So you, you really can't do that. Um <clears throat> 
I think maybe that's why this loss of Kelly is going to be really uh, bad for us because it placing Kelly on the third line, in my opinion, made them at least not horrid, like not a, you know, I, I see that that third line, the Spooner line, in our zone, and I'm just waiting for that goal to come because they just cannot get it out. No, no, they're they're not designed for that. Um, you know, right now, what do you have? You have Bolesky, Hayes, and Spooner on the third line. They're they're not. That's not a penalty kill line. <laughs> I mean, it's just a that is waiting for a goal to happen. Tim, it looks like you have a thought on this. Yeah, I mean, with that, you know, saying you know you'd only have two really um, offensive lines that would be able to actually be defensively responsible. That's why the defense is so important. That's why us trading away defenders and not replacing them and having, I mean, that's where the defense comes into play. That's why you need a strong back end, and that's what they don't have right now, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing Mm. trying to let guys be who they are, but you don't have the defenders as well to pick up the slack, and that's been a huge problem. It is a huge problem. Anthony, do you have anything on that? Yeah, no, I just agree that not having – You've got a top pairing right now and then two third pairings. And trying to put a second pairing of, say, Trotman and uh, who did he pair with last night? I missed the game. Um, uh, he, but, I think he was paired with Kevin Miller. They were third pairing because you had McCrew, the, third, uh, the second pairing, and you uh, had uh, Colin Miller and uh, Zidane Otara as the first pairing. I, I think yeah, the so first pairing was great. Yeah. I, I think so uh, you get the, go ahead, Jeff. A, a, a Trotman Krug would be more interesting, although that puts Quater and Miller on the same line. And that's, just, <laughs> that's just bad news bears right there. Yeah. That's <laughs> redundant. That's redundant. Yeah, Kay, what do you think about that? Um, I think that I, I just, you know, we need to, we need to, I guess we're, we're kind of like our hands are tied right now because we're not able to get any other help right now. And I think we're just going to have to muddle through. Although I would rather see Trotman play than Kevin Miller. Although I don't know how that would shake up the lines any, but I'm just kind of done with Kevin Miller right now as we speak. So yeah, fuck Kevin Miller. <laughs> I, I thought at the beginning of the year that they were going to put Trotman and Chara together. It's yeah. like a logical pairing. Um, but then they started off with uh, Trotman and Irwin, and Irwin just sank Trotman, and we didn't even see him again until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many games has that been? Like twelve games Something in between? Like that. Yeah, last night was his second game. <laughs> yeah, so it was like while I was glad to see Trotman, I was just um, I was really kind of miffed because I was like, why don't you just put him with Chara? It seemed like the natural pairing, um, you know, because uh, you know, quite frankly. Trotman can move a little bit better than Chara can in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Chara can't move. I don't want to get anybody to get confused about the fact that, um, you know, Chara is fine at 38. I'm not saying anything well, about his or mobility. You know, just, with his height, he's got to be a little bit quicker than Chara would mm-hmm. be, you know? I mean, but maybe. You yeah. know what, though? Colin Miller's working really well with Chara right now, and he's fast as hell. Oh, extremely. And it's... And the results lately have been so phenomenal. You know, what's he six game scoring streak right now mm-hmm. for Colin Miller? He's starting to live up to the billing when we when we acquired him, right? Because at first during the preseason, I wasn't too keen on him. He didn't look great. He's really tentative, but he's 
He's getting into it. <laughs> now, Anthony probably saw a fair amount of him if he went to the Monarchs uh, yep. the games last year. I, I got to see him in one game um, that I went up to Manchester for. So, and, and do you have any insight on uh, Colin Miller? Yeah, he's just such a great skater. I mean, he played as the top pairing guy down in Manchester, and having that skating ability is really what's going to make him a strong defenseman in this league. He's just a rookie right now, so he's still transitioning into the speed of the NHL game versus the AHL game, but it's going to pay off. And pairing him with Char is just going to do great things for his development, learning you know, stick positionings and angles and stuff. And that's just it's going to be big for him. Yeah, you know, I know I, I am a, the person who compared him to a Muppet. It's not <laughs> meant to be a negative thing. I, oh. I think he just looks very happy to we, be. We Muppets are timeless. A, we did have a certain other defenseman that we called a Muppet. Um, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think this in a really positive way because he looks very happy to be there. He's, he knows he's got his shot and he's trying to make the most of it. So I'm not saying anything bad about Miller. No. You all know that I love defensemen and I love my stay at home defensemen, which is kind of really boring, but I love defensemen, you know, so, yeah. but I, I don't love Kevin Miller. <laughs> no. There were times where I was just like, yeah, I, I like what he's doing, but ever since he got that shoulder injury and then got worse, it's been, you know, I'm, I'm not on the Kevin Miller bandwagon. I firmly believe in one Kevin, I mean, one Miller or another and preferably not Kevin. Mm. So um, but you know, I, I liked what I saw of Morrow. I think he's still kind of young. I, from what I know of defensemen, it takes a while to get the, you know, it, it's not like you can get an 18 year old defenseman and he's going to be like a Norris candidate or something. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, it takes a while. It's, uh, you know, uh, it, honestly, I don't want to talk too much about this, but Johnny Boychuk, you know, I honestly didn't know what we had in Johnny Boychuk until oh, he was gone. Yeah. Really, because he, he seemed so much in the shadow of like Chara, you know, um, oh. that we kind of sometimes didn't solid. notice what he was doing. On the, I mean, on there the was second. that time in, in 2011 that he almost, you know, cost us the Eastern Conference Finals before we went on to win the Cup, right? That he was a disaster in that series against Tampa. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so, but well, what we had Caberlay, so it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad. Oh, oh my God, he's wearing a Cabriolet jersey. <laughs> you know it. That's an Iggy jersey. I'm gonna wear oh. it with pride. Oh. Wear it with pride. The Weidman jersey. Weidman. <laughs> We've had some um, great number twelves. Well, no, Weidman was what was he six? Never mind. Six. six. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's go back all the way for Oats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Third in scoring in 1992 or something like that. But you know what? I learned from the Cam Neely documentary that was on the Sports Hub a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. Oates told Neely to calm down. Like, yeah. Neely thought he was a really great player to play with, you know, because he was, as a center, he told him how he wanted him to play. So that was pretty interesting to me. I yeah. learned... I, I'm, still, I'm still in that process of the game where I'm, like, I'm watching, I'm learning... Um, you know, maybe not learning as much as I used to. Like at first, it's always everything's so new, and it takes a while to take it all in. But uh, I, I try to take in as much as I can. Um, yeah. Not as much on the big history stuff as maybe most of you, because you've been watching longer. But I'll get there someday. <laughs> Just so anyway. Wikipedia. Oh. It's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> there you 
you well, go. You know, I, I actually like to read hockey biographies, and I hate to admit that I read The Game by uh, Ken Dryden. Dryden. Yeah. Why not? I, I, it was a really good book. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I know he's a hab. No, but, no, no, wait. Uh, how is it that we drafted him and then he became a Canadian? How did we have him and then just say goodbye to him? What happened with that? He chose to play at Cornell. Oh, and then we lost him because of that? I think so. Oh. I, I mean, he didn't really go into that in the book. He, he, I just know that he played his full four or five years at Cornell. And then that really took me off when I heard that. Well, I mean, how many teams were in the, in, in the uh, league at that point? Post expansion. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too many, so it's kind of like I guess you could just kind of pick other people's um, prospects off. Yeah, I guess. Tried to play at college. Anyway, (laughs) all right. So I don't know. I just looked and I thought I saw Tim looking like he wanted to make a point about something. I was just saying because you were talking about um, biographies. If you if you Get a chance. Get the Bobby Orr one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely oh, fantastic. Yeah. I, I know I got that when it came out, and it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I had gone to digital books for a while, but I think I want to get that one in, like, a, in a hardcover or, yeah. or back or something so that Glenn can read it, too, because, <laughs> um, you know, I tr- I'm always trying to get him to read stuff, you know? But, uh <laughs> You know, I like the I like the hockey stuff, and I think the the getting the game digital was a little bit of a disadvantage for him. Uh-huh. Um, not so much for me. I I thought it was a, a good book. I learned a lot of stuff about hockey, especially in the seventies. You know, um, and uh, who knew that Jarvis, our our assistant coach Jarvis, was uh, one of their checking line guys. Oh yeah, amazing. That, that played with um, what did he Gainey? play with? Who? Gainey. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is... We're not having Habs talk. No! Ew! <laughs> not back to Bruins talk. Ew. Yeah, they suck. Yes, yes. Especially I, after I, last I, I night. Uh, fuck the Habs. Going back to Kevin Miller, I thought it was very telling, like, what was it, a year or two ago, when he was, like, on a trial basis, and then I forget what game it was, but he just... Some yeah, other that big hit. Out or got into a fight. Oh, and he, then he beat like, the life out of Mike Brown. Him? That's what it was. <laughs> what was that? Pugilist Mike Brown. Beat the life out of Mike Brown. That's yeah. What, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, Let's find him. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what he's here for. Okay, great. You know, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it was the Boston San Jose game. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I remember feeling the exact same way, and I was just like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love this guy. And then when I went to the Oilers game that year, and uh, the the um, the program um, thing that you get, you know, your little poster, mm-hmm. it had Kevin Miller on it. I was all excited. I was like, "Yay, Kevin Miller!" You know, um, so that's hanging in my house. And now I walk by that every day and go, "Oh, Kevin Miller." <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone? You know? do, you guys, do you guys see his crab walk from? Uh, what was- yeah. What was that? <laughs> Who was... Break dancing. Yeah, he was break dancing. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this looks like a break dancing move. What the hell, Kevin Miller? Yeah, at first it's like you kind of look at it and you're like, did he lose an edge and then he just couldn't get back up? But no, that was his defensive technique. <laughs> yeah, because... Crap, people. I would have demoted people. him like right then and there and just been like, come on. You know, 
I didn't even see that when it happened, but when I heard people talk about like that one play Kevin Miller did and I saw that, I was like, that must be what everyone is talking about because what the fuck? And you know what? Silly me. I thought, oh, Trotman is going to be in the lineup. I heard that. So they're replacing Kevin Miller. (sighs) No. No. Yeah, that was tough to swallow on the radio. Hearing Trotman in and then Kevin Miller right behind it. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, too much, too much, too much Kevin Miller. We need to, we well, need to get away that, from him. That's yes. actually a good segue in general is that I wanted to, okay, so Seidenberg's going to be back soonish. Um, I'm not really going to prepare. I'm not really feeling like talking about Seidenberg's play, but I'm more concerned about, so what does that happen when he comes back? Are, are they going to carry 8D? Because um, right now, Colin Miller is the only non-wafer eligible defenseman. Oh. Ouch. And they're not going to they're not going to send him down. He's playing too well, right? Mm-hmm. Let's so, hope so. So In the theory. thing is, is, the other guys that they would likely waive. So whether you know Trotman, Morrow, or Kevin Miller, we assume those are the three candidates. Um, Morrow and Trotman probably wouldn't clear waivers. Mm-mm. No Certainly way. Not Morrow, probably not Trotman. So, but I don't think they're going to waive Kevin waive Kevin Miller. So are we just going to ride AD for a while then? Um, I, I assume. I think we kind of have to. I, I, my obvious thing is, can can you put Randall down on waivers? Um, yes. Okay, that that might be what they do, or Talbot, you know, mm. um, who's called up again. You know, it's one of those things where I mean, he cleared waivers like his waivers. His waiver in his waiver clear before is expired now, so we'd have to get waived again. I think right been, for more than thirty days. But yeah, not matters. No one's gonna yeah. pick Talbot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even though Talbot's like what he's like six twenty five or something, k per year. Oh, really? He's Just not that? Very yeah, we we only have half his salary. Um, um, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they retained half his salary and took the horse off our hands. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I I almost feel like with this D, you have to ride eight D. And oh, well, Claude know. said that he might want to do that uh, in preseason. Yeah. So this it would, I would say it, it, let's expect it because it's going to happen. Eventually, and I gotta say, I gotta yeah, say, we have a uh, you know a podcast after dark writing eight D. <laughs> 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 wow. Writing eight D. Yeah. That's a lot of wow. work. There. <laughs> Okay, can I just say that I'm so old that when I see D by itself, I don't think that. (laughs) And it took it took like somebody else introducing me to that thought this year that I went, oh, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do, but I don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? But anyway. Thank you for the levity in this situation. <laughs> the Bruins are Anthony the wins this part of the podcast. Gold star. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you remember that um that poll I think Corny had a while ago with um like how long Julian was going to last? Are any of you guys still in the running for yes. that? Thanksgiving. I oh. said yeah. end of this month, so I am out completely. I said ten games and he would be gone, but you said Thanksgiving? Yeah. You still I think, think that's I, true? 
I don't know. I mean, it's possible Sweeney's just going to let it ride for the entire season. Yeah, I mean, what it's else? Because he didn't make moves to make the team better in the offseason, so uh-huh. why would he fire Julian this early? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I said December 1st, but I just, I think that Cloak They're going to keep him. I think but he's safe. You, you I doubt to yep. who do you replace him with. Yeah. Exactly. Tortorella's already taken. I mean, Bilesma's the only one available that I can really think of, right? No, he's, no, he's with Buffalo. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. So yeah, not even not even he's available. Oh, yeah, so and, uh, even... Boucher is is uh, coaching overseas, and yeah, we don't really. You know who we have? We have Adam Oates. That's what I said. Oates, yeah. <laughs> God no! 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 <laughs> no! They would. They would. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Bring they back the Bruins in the early nineties. They talked about that. That would look, be kind of crazy. You know he, what? He was I... a terrible coach. That's the thing, right? It was a GM yeah. that bad at. And just, you know, being a human being. And then, like, well, I mean, he would be with, like, Sweeney and Neely, and it would be kind of like the old gang is back together kind of thing. It would be, like, totally, like, exactly. total nepotism. Well, in that case, we got to, you know, bring back Fartlenoff, right? Who? <laughs> Who? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I played with Sweeney and Oates for, but I mean, we played with Neely and Oates. Um, well, wait, wait, here. there's that um, walrus guy. Adam uh, McLean, McLean. McLean. Oh, Paul, yeah. Paul Rich, but he's he's currently assistant in um uh, in, Anaheim, Anaheim yeah. right? So yeah, Anaheim. I didn't know that. Okay. I guess no. there's Todd Richards. <laughs> eh. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, um. he got fired. Uh, so yeah. No. So I think I think the whole thing is like let's stick with Claude for good and for bad yeah. for now. If they did well, can him, maybe make promote Huda or Cassidy, but Cassidy's experience as a head coach in the NHL not recently was went poorly. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not that they can't get Belichick, but then again, he only. <laughs> I know. So no, I, 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 Tim is shaking his head violently. <laughs> Let, no, I was just kidding, Tim. They'll bring back Tim. Terry O'Reilly to coach. Oh my god, that would be <laughs> awesome! I would love that actually. Oh my god. What's he up to this nowadays? He's the captain of the Bruins alumni team. Oh, that's oh, a position you can't stay leave. right there. Yeah. Okay. I saw that him last year. Oh my god, no! The Milbury thing actually scares me. First of all, when when Tortorella got got hired by the Blue Jackets, I was like, "Whoo!" We yeah. dodged a bullet there because I had seen him on the NHL network like a week before kind yeah. of campaigning for the, the Boston job. Like mm-hmm. I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter, totally a very brief that. conversation about it. But it was kind of like and then I was looking it up. I'm like, oh, my God, like Tortorella is from like a couple of towns over from where I live. And I'm Conquered? like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah Concord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, no. Uh, where's Muskie? As much <laughs> as I want angry, hangry, uh, angry um, Henry Winkler to be a coach somewhere, not here. <laughs> I'm just picturing now as Fonzie. Thank you. Hey. Yeah, angry Fonzie. <laughs> Look, you know what? I love Torts for his rescue dog. Yes. I love that. Anybody who is like all about saying that pit bulls are good dogs yes. and, and worth adopting, I'm all for it, you know? Absolutely. Um, because I myself am that kind of person. But it's like, I don't want him to be the coach of the Boston Bruins. And he isn't. So I just think that Claude is safe. I, I'm happy having Claude as the coach. I get frustrated. But you know what? I This is all I know. 
Yeah. And, and I'd actually rather go with what I know than what else could be out there. Right. That's all. At the end sure. of the day, we know he's a good oh, coach. Tim. Yeah. And the thing with Claude is he's a defensive-minded coach, obviously. You kind of have to wonder what would the defense look like without him as head coach right now? Oh. Like how bad would it actually be? Oh, it would be. Job. I, with Adam Oates, this would be like, <laughs> these would be, games would be ending 10-12. <laughs> yeah. And it, I want it, that. It's pretty terrible. Firewagon hockey. <laughs> I mean, I think that as long as you have Zidane Ochara in the lineup, your defense isn't going to look like like the worst thing ever. Right. I mean, because obviously when he came back, uh, the captain was back, and then the, the defense just looked a lot better that game. For mm-hmm. sure. You know, and uh, I think Matt they Irwin won that game away. too. So. <laughs> what was that? Matt Irwin getting sent away at the same time. Uh. <laughs> you know, I had such hopes. I did, but no. I know. Yeah. That that just seemed really disappointing. That was very disappointing. He looked so good in the preseason, and then, yep. holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was All a, right, so, oh, yes. Oh, Earl yeah. was a minor leaguer, like, for the most part last season, right? We maybe spent yeah. half the season he up. The he was scratched sharks, a lot, but yeah. 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 He scored the first goal in Game 7 against the Kings, and then, well, we all know what happened with that. Yeah. Is this say I, thanks to the Sharks for letting us not be the goat on that anymore? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, that wasn't our fault that year. I mean, it's, you know, Mike Richards, I'm um, trying to take Krejci's hand off. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, boy. And only one of those guys is in hockey now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I wanted to bring it back to uh, another defenseman for for a little fun. You know, um, what's the over-under on how many games it'll take for uh, McQuaid? McQuaid to get injured? <laughs> went- He's had some close calls already. Yeah. All right. Nick, I'm going. Uh, can I be? Uh, I'm going to give you my prediction. This is McQuaid's year. He's going to play 75 games. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! wow. I, I'm writing this down. <laughs> I'm writing this down because this is important. McQuaid's playing 75, 75 games. He will play. I was going to say 60 would be generous. You know. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to give him. I think he's going to play 45 games, maybe. Um, but I don't know when he's going to get injured. It's it's soon. It's soon. <laughs> nope. uh, Not that they're wish- we're wishing upon this, you know. No, <laughs> no. It's just, okay. For those who may not know, Adam McQuaid has a significant injury history. And he, he usually gets... Himself. Yeah, he usually slams the into something and injury. hurts himself. <laughs> uh, last year, though, I mean... Was, did he get a broken wrist during that wild game? I know that Krug had like a sliced finger. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was at that game and I saw both of them like leave the ice. And I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> because, you know, we went down two defensemen and that's not fun. Um, but uh, yeah, it's he just he injures himself. He gets injured. He just doesn't know how to put his body in a certain way to not be injured. So I'm, I still, I'm still writing this down. 75 games he will play, according to Nick. Mm-hmm. Wow. I wrote down. I'm of uh, a few minds on him here. On the one oh, okay. hand, it's already on borrowed time. 
<laughs> Watch him get on injured the other tonight. Hand, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, though, I mean, there was a big thing during preseason that he'd uh, he'd had a, like some, some minor tweak for his uh, for his old thoracic uh, outlet syndrome, and right. he was able to change he was able to change his training and came into and everyone and everyone you know folks like Ludicky were saying he um, uh, came into camp much better much better shape than he has before because he's able to change his training. Mm. Uh-huh. So there's a possibility that we may get something closer to the high end, but on the other hand, he's on borrowed time. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to cop out and not pick a guess because it could go either way. Oh. 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 Anthony, what's your guess? I'm going to say 60 games. Woo. I do think he's uh he seems to be he knows he's got the big contract for him, big contract. We all know he's and, got that big uh, contract. And I just don't think he's going to take the risks like he did last year, trying to take people out four feet from the boards and step on his skate blade or something and go head first. Always watch for suitcases in his in his hotel room. Yeah. Oh my god. Lots of bubble wrap under the under the pads. It's not called bubble wrap anymore. It's called something else because it oh. doesn't anymore. Okay, Tim, what do you say? I say he gets injured in his fifty third game being played. Fifty <laughs> third. So. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. It's good to to know where we all stand on Adam McQuaid. I I like Adam McQuaid. Oh, me too. Person. Oh, I think he's very. He is very very sweet. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. You know, and I love the stay at home defenseman. I love that, but it's just. I get very frustrated because he just does dumb things. And But I think the best thing I've ever seen him do was that time where he kind of positioned himself to make it look like Matt Cook really boarded him. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he was like, it was like in the numbers and the glass and it was just like, and, and Cook got kicked out of the game. That was the yeah. best thing ever. The best play ever. Like his highlight rule, role should be like, that should be the, the primary thing because that really helped us out a lot. Okay, Tim. My favorite Adam McQuaid moment is that game against Arizona when he went after, what was it, Rafi Torres? <laughs> and he absolutely oh, yeah. just demolished him. Oh, uh, he, 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 soul. That, like, <laughs> he just absolutely <laughs> demolished him. Didn't Torres take like a hit on like a parents or something and then McQuaid just laid him out? And yeah. like, Torres <laughs> is like bleeding. He's got blood going down. And they actually showed that was like when they were filming the Patrice Bergeron 36 oh, yeah. episode. Yes. So like they showed some of that. It was like I put all of that stuff together through YouTube because this is a little bit before the time that I started watching. <laughs> but I put all that together in like some fantastic like historical sequence for me. Um, but yeah, okay. That's a good one. So if we're making a highlight reel, we got two things oh. so far. Oh, oh, Jeff. Jeff. Oh, you can't see if me. This isn't a highlight oh. reel. This is just a Your theory. next game. So- okay. Is um, uh, his injury problems started after he lost the mullet, which means I was thinking, I was thinking, is is McQuaid is Samson? He is Samson. He needs the mullet to have his powers. Yeah. Well, Yasha's growing back. Oh, my thing was we were forgetting. I mean, granted, he did score a goal once, and that was the um the Pittsburgh game, the one nothing for uh, game four win. Oh yeah. Yes, that's another part of that. The goal that's. Said, you know, but by the name, but by Falcon, you know, and we got into the final. That was great. 
interesting note. I had not seen that game because I was out at some business function and I was on my way home and I said, don't score till I get home. And I walked in the door and McQuaid scored. That was amazing. Thank you, Adam McQuaid. I know. I was watching that game with my friend Adam drinking a bunch of Molson's. So I'll somehow (laughs) take credit for that. (laughs) Anthony, did you want to say something? Yes. Uh, Not really on McQuaid. I just... uh... He's redundant with Kevin Miller in the lineup, and I like him personally. I like the charity work he does, but it's it's tough having two number six defensemen on the team. Well, yeah, it is. Well, one of them is Kevin Miller, so I think McQuaid wins this. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Yeah, too. so we yeah. all get Especially... Agreed. Agreed. McQuaid is okay. better than, than Miller. Adam McQuaid. <laughs> yes. if you ever Not an accomplishment, but. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm making an appeal to Adam McQuaid. Shh. Okay, Adam McQuaid, if you ever hear this, please grow the mullet back. Mm-hmm. Grow it back. It's the source of your power. It it looks great on a t-shirt. Come on, mm. let's do it. <laughs> Adam, forget about the mustache and the beard. It's the hair. Grow the mullet back. All right. I think we got it. McQuaid's going to hear that. He's going to grow the mullet back. All right. Cool. Now he's going to be injured when he starts shaving his beard and, like, you know, whatever. Man. No, no, Just do it all. Just do it all. No. It, McQuaid, keep your beard if you have to. Don't get injured. Okay. <laughs> Don't use a straight razor, whatever you do. No. Oh my God. <laughs> We'd never know. It would just be an upper body injury. <laughs> Truth be told, anytime I get injured, I call it Adam equating. Yes. So, yeah, I Adam equated a lot. Bad luck. You really have fall on my foot. You know, Ouch. maybe because I don't have a mullet, I'm gonna cut this hair into a mullet. There I'm actually go. working yes. on my mullet. You guys, the listeners can't see it, but they should. Um, it's 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 get it's a little fluffy in the sides, and you see. Uh, he, yes, listeners. He has a little bit of a curl going on yeah. in the back of his hair, which indicates that he hasn't had it cut in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, it, logically, if he just keeps cutting the front and not the back, he's gonna have a mullet. Yeah. When I put on a hat, Jagger had his mullet going. Oh. Like it was getting past his um, helmet yesterday. Ooh. That was such a great game yesterday. It was like seeing Thornton and Yager and uh, Riley Smith. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. What a fun game. That was an you know? alumni game, huh? Yeah! I went to wear my Bruins shirt and Robin was like, no, don't do that. That's weird. I'm like, oh, come on! The listeners can't see this, but it is a picture that I took at my very first NHL game. I was in Edmonton for reasons that I'm not going to explain. But it is a picture of um, Yaramir Yager getting ready to take a, you know, being on the line for the face-off there. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Ference is in the background. Aww. But anyway. Neither of them are Bruins, of course, in these pictures. Here. None of them. No, neither of them are Bruins. One is a for- No, they were both former Bruins, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, no black they- gold there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The- one's in Devil's Gear, the other's in Oilers Gear. But... I had glass seats. Glass seats. Oh, oh, wait. Was that the one with the nose print? Or the whatever? Yeah. Oh, it was the cheek print. It the was Andrew Ferris's cheek print. He, he got slammed into oh. the glass. And we took a picture of the, the cheek print. That's cool. Because it was kind of hard to take Andrew a picture. Andrew cheek. You know? <laughs> I have a bit of breaking news here. Yeah. Oh, According yes. According to my 
fancy app here. Um, the Canadians Bolio, Bolier, I don't know how you pronounce Bolio. it. Won't, won't be suspended for cross-checking Ronaldo, so he's not going to get a suspension. Aww. They've come out and said. So, I it's guess so Ronaldo funny, will like... live, but no suspension oh. there. Player oh. safety's been uh, been really not very aggressive this year, eh? No. Hmm. Except for that Torres thing. But it's well, so yeah, cl- because he was Torres. Everything is happening <laughs> to Ronaldo this year, and he is not really doing too much of it himself. Which kind of surprised him. Just that one time. Just that one. Well, time. yeah, the Lecouturier hit was. Yeah. But um, I I gave him the benefit of the doubt, not because he's a Bruin, but because it was kind of like, um, I th- I felt like it wasn't a true elbow hit yeah. you know or a hit into his head i just yeah. felt like it's like um the guy positioned himself a little wrong yeah you know it's like um it's interesting because when you do watch the the department of player safety via, um, uh, videos they will say like oh well the on- onus is on the person to kind of get into the position yeah at time um and i felt like that's kind of what it was i mean ronaldo was lucky mm-hmm. in that respect but- and he really shouldn't play his luck no. too much but um you know uh, this this is kind of sucky because it's just a habs thing it's like yeah. I, as a bruins fan it's hard to not feel like calls go against you when you play the habs you know which um, makes last night even more depressing <laughs> it was and what really makes me mad is that that Krejci just lost his shit yeah he lost like, his shit every time shit you know and, um, you know, like, I, I know we had been talking before about how, um, I, I don't think this was on the audio version of this, but I, I think we were talking about how he has a history with Flakenich, you know? Yeah. And we're not exactly sure what it is, but I swear I've seen Pl- Flakenich, like, take a, a sucker punch at him and then dive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it may not have happened in succession, but it seems like it mm-hmm. is, it has because that's just the way they go. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to dwell too much on the haves, guys. No, not yeah. at all. We no. just got to like move it, on. But I think it's an important part of being a Bruins fan that yeah. you have to hate them. Yeah, absolutely. They smell like you farts. So <laughs> they smell like farts. <laughs> absolutely. Really awful stinky ones. They're stinky. Stinky. Like- Having Mexican twice farts. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I got to say, this will live up to our barely on topic idea here, but last night I had some, I went to some fancy vegetarian restaurant, the worst Ooh. gas of my life. Oh, really? Oh, no doubt. A lot doubt. of broccoli and stuff, right? Oh, what yeah. What did you have? Was um, it like, like fake meat or? I did have some tofu, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was also, it was like a, this Hawaiian stir fry dish. Oh. It was just, whew. My girlfriend hates me. <laughs> there because she wanted to be. So were you her... relegated to the couch last night? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, it's one. It's one of those things where um, I love vegetarian fare. Oh, I yeah. actually do. Me too. It's gotten better over the years because people actually want to make it something good. It used to be like when I got married a few years ago. I had one of my uh, friends who was a, a bridesmaid and vegetarian. I have a lot of vegetarian friends come with me to pick out food because she was like, I've been to so many weddings where the only food is salad, which is depressing. It really is. You, mm-hmm. you got to make it a little bit better. Oh, that's so, terrible. So she went with us and we picked out a nice risotto. So, oh, yeah. uh, 
you know, and I went the other night I went out for dinner and I had a, a really nice um, vegetarian dish. You know, I have no idea what vegetables I was eating. It was kind of dimly lit. You know, it was a polenta. I was like, I'm hungry. I'm just, you know, it was good, but I have no idea what I was eating. But, you know, the, the problem with the vegetarian things is a lot of those things are very gassy. Oh, my God. Kale, incredible. Cauliflower, beans, beans, you know, Absolutely. you know, anything that they um, I will tell you something about beans and eggs. They both usually have a sulfur uh, amino acid that we can't. Um, that Handle. we can't uh, well no no that we can't make in our bodies like uh -huh. we can take you know acids and break them down and, and and build them up again but we don't produce sulfur so we need to take in sulfur to make certain amino acids that are key to our lives so uh i'm sorry this is turning into a biochem argument <laughs> no I like let it. me just expect anything you. less from you virginia yeah okay <laughs> va damn it va <laughs> Okay, anyway, so so basically, you eat a lot of things that have sulfur in them, you're going to get gassy. Okay? Oh, totally. All right. So that's the, I, I wrapped it, I, I just cut out like a section, just sewed it up. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so basically, let's just, um, let's get out of biochem let's and vegetarian stuff. Game. Talk about today's game. Well, no, actually, I wanted to talk about something else that had something to do with something that Nick was uh, mentioning earlier with the penalty kill. Most notably, the loss of Chris Kelly this week. Oh. That injury was, you know, it's Humble. one of those things where it's like you you hear about bone breaks and you, you look at the injury itself, like how it occurred. And it's not really that it occurred that way. It's like something really catastrophically went wrong in his body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The break of yeah. femur. Yeah. Uh, he's, Jeff. He's, this is third last time he's broken a leg in the course of this contract. Like, Ugh. at this point, we need to consider amputating and giving him Lieutenant Dan's legs from the end of the stump. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, you know, like, like, you do, like, the $6 million man thing or something. And I mean, Dan, that's, like, no <laughs> that's, like, we're taking contract, but, you know. No, you know, I honestly have to think that um, you have to look at osteoporosis at this point. Yeah. I, I seriously, oh, I, like, you know what? It's so brittle um, in that respect. Somebody, I mean, broke a... somebody on the Blackhawks blog was actually considering, like, he might have something really serious, like, like bone cancer, which I was like, that is extreme. But let's not even think about that, you know? I don't want to think about that. I Me do either. want to. I do want to talk about how um, it's really. Um, it's going to affect the penalty kill. For it's, sure. It's going to affect the Bruins team a lot more than, than maybe we will realize. Right. Um, I'm with you. Tim? I, Nick? I, I'm, I'm actually pretty torn about it because I like Chris Kelly a lot. I mean, I know we've, we hate his contract. We all oh, yeah. want his, yeah. the money off, kind of the money off the book. Thing and things like that, but he he brings a lot to the team, especially with the penalty kill and with our defense being playing so poorly and wins seemingly at a premium now. I mean, even this early in the season, I mean we're five hundred. Mm -hmm. It's just I think it's going to hurt a lot. I think he's. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be bad. And he's got such a good locker room presence too. I mean that that's also valuable. So yeah, he keeps Marshy in line too <laughs> when they're out in public, according to behind the B. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Anthony, do you have any thoughts on this? I bet moving forward with the penalty kill, I'd like to see a duo of Erickson and Gempinen in. 
Hmm, just oh. to see what that would do. Because Gimpinanen can win the draw. And then, of course, we all know Ericsson has some strong defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be a good pairing to use with the top defensive kill, leaving like Marshan and Bergeron to fill mm. you know, the rest of the time with maybe a Trotman and Colin Miller pairing. There's one thing that Seidenberg coming back actually could be a good thing because um, penalty kill, if I recall correctly, is one of the places where he's actually um, effective. Yeah. 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 If you're asking him to be offensive or to be riding the blue line. Or play five on five really at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, he's good for a, a Sunrise goal per year. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The yeah. 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 Opposite blue line or red line. Yeah. yeah. I love the Seidenberg red line. I love it so much. Totally great. The Seiden bomb. <laughs> and I also am a person who enjoys some Seidenfreude. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what it means yet. There are many different men- uh, uh, definitions of it, but I need my German back, damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm hoping he's going to play better than everybody else expects. Okay? So That's right. I'm that a Zyde apologist. Actually be that much of an accomplishment, though. Those are fighting words there, Chad. That was tough. It's a low blow. He can do that. He can do that only because he's my doppelganger. And I will kill him anyway. (laughs) Luckily, I'm in a different country, so that's cool. Oh, I'll track you down. As soon as I get my passport done, I'll track you down. Anyway, so. uh, So. Okay. We've talked about a great many things regarding the Bruins. And we've talked about a few things not regarding the Bruins. And I think that we're kind of in the time period where we have to kind of wrap things up a little bit. So I'm going to ask you a very important question Mm. about our bare necessities. Oh, yes. What are we drinking at least this week for the Bruins hockey season? It might change from week to week. It might change month to month. Tell me what you're drinking because it's always important to know what's on tap. Nick. No joke, Vin Vault boxed wine. All right. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be drinking Rioniti from the 80s. So. <laughs> that was like a family dinner staple when I was growing up. <laughs> <Light> Zinfandel. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? Okay, so you got boxed wine. Anthony, what you got? I am still drinking booze from the chowder meetup. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got I only a lot have of one it. bottle of wine, though. Oh, oh I got okay. the boxed wine. We can combine forces. <laughs> well, I, I ended up with a boxed wine from there, too. I have not done anything with it. so. But I hear that I'm supposed to be part of a drunken diary at some point. So oh, yes. Yeah. Um, which will be very entertaining. Oh, if we God. Tim! So for me, it generally changes from game to game. However, this weekend, yesterday, today, um, I'm going cheap whiskey with ginger ale. Um, and Ryan by ginger. cheap whiskey, it's uh, Seagram 7. Nice. So it was, it's something that, you know, it, it does the trick. Like gin. I didn't you know, know they did whiskey. Oh, they yeah. They started with, with rye in Canada. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny is I've never had that because I'm not a big whiskey gal. Um, so I, I've never really had that, but I've heard many people say that Seagram's is not treating yourself very well. <laughs> no, it's 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 no. definitely 
the low end, but uh, I don't get it's paid better than turpentine. Week, so <laughs> I went with the cheap whiskey yeah. this time. That that's okay. You know what? Sometimes you have to disrespect yourself a little bit so that you can respect yourself later. Absolutely, that's true. That's true. No. All right, Kate, what do you got? Well, I haven't uh, drank anything in a while, but I was thinking like I usually have like three go-tos which are either a hard cider some kind of white wine like pinot grigio or moscato or i might do like one of those like a sam adams october fast or pumpkin beer like that one of those three today probably excellent <laughs> excellent i i mean i knew you were gonna say some form of, of cider oh i love cider. white wine and then i didn't know what the other thing would be okay <laughs> jeff tell me what you're gonna be doing well, you got normally, ice cubes, right? yes, I do. Um, normally, my go-to is, of course, uh, Ballantines. It's you know pretty inexpensive but passable um, uh, uh, blended scotch. But uh, I'm out, so I have to figure out something today. I was going to be getting the, uh, this uh, this beer advent calendar, but my buddy just texted me and said it's 178 dollars, which I'm like, oh. Oh, <laughs> I saw a whiskey advent calendar for 193. Wow. And then I thought I'm going to do my own advent calendar because I'm so ultra religious. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, are these like I'm gonna, nips? I'm gonna go get nips. I'm gonna go down to the store and I'm gonna make an advent calendar for Glenn with nips from Julio's Liquors. Um, they're ninety nine cents, so That's it's still awesome. gonna cost like twenty five to thirty bucks. Wow. But it's like, who knows what you get on any day? Yeah, so I, with- I don't. I actually don't know what advent calendars are because it wasn't. They're usually like filled with chocolate, and I think they start like in um, like December or something, or like maybe like at the end of December. Yeah, it's December first to the twenty fourth. Is a countdown to Christmas. Okay, okay. So usually filled with chocolate. I had no idea because I was not raised um, within a religion, (laughs) so um, so I don't know these things. And any religion that I had was not Christian. So there we go. So I didn't know that. So thank you for telling me that. So okay. So we got. So let's see. We've got boxed wine. We've got, Anthony, what was it again? It was, oh, the remainder stuff that you had from the, the meetup. All sorts of everything. <laughs> Tim, you've got the uh, Seagrams because you're not respecting yourself, so you can respect yourself later. Kate, you've got three go-tos. We've got some, we've got some puzzling going on with Jeff. And what do I usually do? Well, for this podcast, <laughs> I was drinking... Avery Brewing Company Seasonal Selection oh. Winter Ale, Old Jubilation Ale. It was very malty, and I liked it. It was very malty. I, I agree. I, winter means malt to me, so it's like the darker the better. Mm. So it's all good. So it's it's a rare non-German drinking day for me. Um, but uh, I'll be honest with you. When I watch the games, I usually hit vodka. <laughs> yeah, so the straight liquor is really the best way to things this year, or possibly I, mouthwash. <laughs> I mean, I make a cocktail, I make an effort, but it's usually vodka, you know, because I Uncle Uncle Stoli and I have a, a relationship over Uncle years. Stoli. Sometimes we have disagreements, like on New Year's Eve of two thousand six. Oh boy! But other times we're usually pretty good because we learn our lessons. So uh, basically the other night I had a ginger beer, which was, it was a hard ginger beer, which was neither hard nor gingery. So I added vodka and ginger beer to it, um, which kind of defeated the purpose. (laughs) Wow. But I I only needed one, you know, so that's how it is. So yeah, so that's what's going on this week, you know? So it's like, it could be beer. It could be vodka. Uh, It's probably not going to be both. So you know, nobody needs to worry about that. 
So anyway, I think that uh, that leaves us in a good place. What do you think? Sounds good to me. I, I got so. one last thing about beer, or, or oh. I should say booze. All right. Is uh, Jack Daniels Winter Jack is coming out, and it's a New Hampshire thing. So if you can make yourself to the border and go to a liquor store, pick up some Jack Daniels Winter Jack. It's a cider whiskey, and you can drink it straight on the with something hot. It's amazing. Nice. Interesting. I only live about... 45 minutes away from tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. <laughs> Our liquor stores are on the highway. <laughs> I actually New Hampshire live only about right. 45 <laughs> hours away, you know, by car. Uh, but oh. Yeah, I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't legally leave Canada at the moment, so. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you, you can't ship alcohol over yeah. the border. What? And, yeah, oh. yeah, that, would, that wouldn't go over well, no. No. I'll come up no. against. So oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> what a it is. 20 hour ride for me? Hmm. It's not too bad. No, not so bad. You know what? You just, you know, go all smoky in the bandit to run the liquor like that and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you some oh Southern God. moonshine. Do you know that there was a period of time for like a week or two that I had the theme from Smoking the Bandit stuck in my head? And it was not unpleasant. Because I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like totally like, yeah, this is such a good song. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I grew up in a weird house. <laughs> anyway, all right. I would like to thank our panelists, Jeff, the Rock Doctor, Kate, thank the <laughs> Pacific Correspondent, Tim, the Pantsless Wonder. Word. Anthony, the printmaster. Thank you, thank you. And Nicholas, the uh, producer extraordinaire. We'll see if I live up to the title. <laughs> what was that? We'll see if I live up to the title. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd like to thank the, view, uh, the viewers. Huh? Listeners. The listeners, listeners. For listening to us uh, go on and on about various things. I promise you it's going to get even weirder over mm. time. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Word. 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 <laughs> and we're done. <laughs>